Get up on a Tuesday morning Marty's news is sure real boring Gotta get up, get up out of my way It's a Feels like just another day And then there's John Sylvain He's so smart, you're Bane But his keys are absurd And I'll get to hear from The 30-year-old 20-something As she makes fun of my Welcome to another, another, another Nooner podcast on the Smodco Internet Radio Network. I'm a host. My name is Marty. I'm here with... Hey, Marty. Oh, hey. that's John Sylvain. That's Steven Kruger. I'm... And I'm Dan Etheridge. God, you're about as loud as Dan is. Um, yeah, Cassandra is, is uh, ill today, uh, not with anything that is ravaging the, the world. Uh, she just has regular cold, so uh, get well soon, Cassandra, and fuck you for not being here. Happy pre-Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, I'm Coward. just getting, Yeah, I'm getting the house not, ready. Not I've got like 30 cousins coming over, and then all the neighbors are coming by, um, so mm. like six turkeys going, uh, starting soon. Yeah. How about you guys? Same. Yeah. All right. Well, that's why you didn't accept my invitation, so... You didn't invite me. Oh, you don't invite us to any, over anymore. You don't like us. No, I, we haven't had anybody over, oh. except for my mother-in-law. Uh, oh, yeah, she's, she's yeah. Introduce me to her. She seems like a fun gal. I met her on a Zoom, right? Yeah, you did. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. She's she's a hoot. Uh, no, well, and she's uh, she's single, right? Ready to, you know what? <laughs> it's so sad that I don't know how people stream this, but thank you, JP Cutter, for tweeting how other people can uh, can listen in on this. Uh, oh, yeah, he did? Yeah. I got to get those instructions. I know, I, I know. It takes me an hour to do it every time I, I have to like figure it out from scratch. Yes, and, and Tyson is listening as well, and he also tweeted in, and he keeps the Tumblr page. That's Nooner Gmail, or NoonerPodcast.com. Noonerpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to email us, we've got a couple emails in the sack. So there's plenty mm. of room for your nonsense, listener. Uh, let us know how what your plans are for the Thanksgiving holiday, what sort of craziness you've come across. I am having an outdoor Thanksgiving. Well, hopefully. Um, yeah. Lots of heat lamps and my sister's uh, and... And her daughter and my brother-in-law will be on one end, and me and the wife and the mother-in-law will be on the other. And I think, mm. I think that's doable. Uh, we're, we ordered a... This is a first for me. I'm not making a turkey this year. I'm, what? Yeah. No. My the, the wife wanted to order a turkey that they cook like they do roast duck in um, at this Cantonese deli. 
So that's how ah. we're doing it. Yeah. So that should be we're, fun. We are getting Peking duck. That's what we're doing. Oh, really? Are you going to yeah. the place that we went to? Yeah, yeah. yeah Fuck it. Yeah. That, that place, I just saw how they... So like these restaurants are trying to distinguish themselves and all like... You can tell that Asian restaurants like have like like younger generations like operating, helping with the, the marketing of it because they serve that Peking duck in a beautiful box. And it's just like... Mm super cool like these cool bento boxes are being done because everybody's doing takeout and they've shut down la county restaurants for three weeks so that's where we are right now yeah you got to unbox it on instagram like i don't want to just get like some you know white styrofoam that's not going to get you any likes i know right john john you awake what i'm sorry what <laughs> instagram remember remember that tiktok dance you were doing I don't no, I don't. I don't, I don't take vitamins. I don't know anything about this. Uh, these newfangled <laughs> no, ways of communicating. Uh, I, uh, did you have class today, John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what what yeah, did you show yeah. him tonight? Today, John showed, teaches a film uh, class. I showed the uh, what? Don John teaches a film class. I do. Yeah. Oh, you're talking for the people at home who haven't heard this before. Is that okay? They may I'm not sorry. be home, John. They may be on a walk. Yeah. They may be. <laughs> They may, be, uh, they may be trapped in murdering a someone in the woods. Yeah, they, they, they may be fishing. You know, it's not just home. Yeah, yeah. Think, this is think bigger, John. Don't, don't don't they have to be next to their radio to hear yeah, this? Okay, you know what? Go back to sleep. I uh, I showed uh, a Handmaid's Tale. Oh, the the original no, one no. with Natasha Richardson. What? With R Natasha no. Richardson back in like you know eighty no the silent one from the thirties what yeah no I mean it was made what? into a movie in nineteen eighty eight eighty nine with Natasha Richardson it was? yeah Liam Neeson's oh. wife oh I wasn't aware oh God. all right if uh, this is a bit I'm I'm out yeah. I'm leaving early because it's thought not it was, a bit I thought it was a film class that you were doing yeah uh, yeah it's a, it's the last film I show is uh, actually. Uh, a TV a, show. A TV show, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you didn't know that it was a movie made in the eighties? No, I didn't. Wow. Oh. Um, I only know that because I worked in a video store then. John, you're not tenured, are you? No. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John is. You run out of AOL died. hours to look up well, your, the films you're showing. So the uh, General Services Administration in the, in the government, they just announced yesterday that Joe Biden is the or that they're doing working the transition to have Joe Biden step in as president. It took whatever, 20 days for them to come to that conclusion after the election. Uh, did you guys have a reaction to any of that? Uh, it's just embarrassing. That's all. It's just embarrassing. What, that the libs are stealing the election from uh, the true president, Donald Trump? Yeah. Yeah. That fucking and, uh, embarrassing. <laughs> that and The weekend didn't get a Grammy. I mean, that album's fucking just fire, right, John? Fire. Yeah, it's on <laughs> fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I could just hear the zingers Cassandra would have as my backup, as yeah. my hooks. Get well soon, Cassandra. Get well. And, and by that, I mean in like 30 seconds. We're, we're dying here. Us old men. Uh, but yeah, it is embarrassing, but it also is uh, like, I'm just, 
it, there is a sigh of relief like that this is like that's one more nail in the coffin of this horrible like uh, administration and not a return to normalcy but a, a return to just sort of um an appreciation for reality and fact and uh, you know or a modicum of fact, I guess. Uh, Janet Yellen is being uh, uh, named as the Treasury Secretary. All, all these like normal, like capable people. Janet Yellen ran the Fed uh, under Obama, and now she she was kicked out by Trump, and now she's stepping in as the Treasury Secretary. There's nobody more capable that that you would want in that position, uh, except for not kid, not Kid Rock or Steve Mnuchin. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. Trump got another. Another uh, four years, he would have put Kid Rock in somewhere. And Scott yeah. Bayo, he is like, he's got uh, health and human services written all over him. Yeah, it, it is really weird seeing all these uh, people who still have not just like moved on. I mean, even Laura Ingram on Fox News has been like, all right, so, you know, Biden is president. That Now what? You know, let's start complaining about Biden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, oh, I'm looking forward to not paying attention to any of this. I know I would love so to great. not like to go through the day without having to hear from the president. You know, I want yeah. him to be doing other things like he he didn't destroy the country. He didn't. Aside from the coronavirus, we're not laid. We do not lay in ruins. He's he's just like annoying. Like, just shut up. Well, I mean, like, it's uh, arguable. Yeah, he, he, the. He, like it's not destroyed. We, the planes leave, trains are running on time. Yes, the coronavirus is is real bad. It's real bad everywhere where there are normal presidents and whatever. Yeah. Yes, I know New Zealand, a tiny island of hobbits off the coast of nowhere. Like he didn't destroy America. It's still here. Uh, he, it, he not for lack of trying. I, it's. I think he just tried to stay in the limelight, and it's like. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his goal was to be just, in on the front headline of yeah, every news. Go away every day. You so. think all that energy he's put into complaining about the election? If he'd put that into just like building his stupid wall, there'd be a wall. Like he just didn't do anything. But that's he just complained. That's his mo. I mean, that's like how oh. he's led his whole adult life. Anyhow, we don't need to relitigate what a douchebag our president is. Oh, we lost John. Did oh. we? <laughs> oh, he just. Oh. I think John was already a little lost. Oh, I, I think he needs to take two tablets of Instagram and just go to bed early. Oh, oh shoot! I'm all out. I guess I got to <laughs> run to CVS and get me some Instagram. Excuse me. Can you fulfill this? Uh, um, do you? Are you a TikTok person at all? No, it's bad for you. Oh, but Instagram is okay. Mm, it's not owned by a Chinese company. Oh, so the Chinese are bad. Very bad. No, I'm sorry, the Chinese government. The Chinese people are, they're okay. <laughs> you're not just saying that because one of them is on this. I'm staring at one? Yeah, no, yeah. you're, you're, come on, you're American. Uh, well, I'm Chinese-American, it turns out. I, I you know, yeah. you're American-Chinese. Yeah. I think the American should be first when we dis describe somebody. Um, let me see what's going on with John. So, uh, tell me about what's going on with you, Steve. Not much. <laughs> I just, you know, it's been, uh, 
same old bullshit, same old fun, you know, world is uh, not, not as uh, great as it could be. How would you make the world greater? Aside from getting us onto the metric system. Um, and, and blowing up the moon. And blowing up the moon so I can sleep those three nights a week. Uh, that's a really good question. I mean, I, I was out today running some errands, and I don't know if it's because there's a holiday two, in two days. I don't know what's going on in this 10 million person county we live in, but people were driving like fucking shit stains, like everywhere I went. The worst driving, totally ignorant of everyone, I, just awful. Like I almost got in a couple of accidents, like slow moving, like why are you backing up into me, sir? And what are you doing? I feel like there needs to be more people pulled over. <laughs> no, that's bad. I don't want to be pulled over. Like I, there, there, like it needs to be like a database of bad drivers or some, something to to A, a badge diminish. of shame that like, you know, if you drive like a dick, then Steve comes and puts a, a like a brand on you got to have a flag on your car, yeah. you know, like I'm a, a red flag is I'm a level one douchebag. Yeah. Two flags is I cut people off. You know, like like people go speeding around me to get ahead to just be in front of me in traffic and almost hitting people like all day long. It's like there needs to be a scarlet letter. Yeah. Um, have you ever caused an accident? Caused an accident? Yeah, been at fault yeah. in an accident. Uh, one time I backed up into a like a truck in my VW bug and I just drove off because I did not have adequate insurance. But it, you know, it's a VW bug. Didn't do any damage. But that that's Wait, it. How did you escape? You were in a VW bug. Um, well, I shattered all, all of my vertebrae. No, no, it was, you know, I just like didn't look and I just backed into it the side of a truck. It, it, it just scuffed it up. But that's was it. it. Was that's it my parked? Only yes. Oh, so I was like in a strip mall and I was I think I was drunk and I just backed up and boom, hit a truck and just said, go. Oh, so you were a dick. I was 20. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's yeah. a dick when they're 20. But you. Yeah. What was I supposed to write a note? Hi. Imagine Kruger as a dick as a 20 year old. That's like oh, yeah. a massive, a massive. Oh, you must Big have been dick. unbearable. Like, did you have friends back then? Yes. Ma much more so than, oh my than God. I did. You, know? you must have been giving them pot or something. Uh, no, I just. I, I just it wasn't your sparkling to... personality. I didn't want to get involved with, you know, insurance because I don't I don't think I had any. I think it was a kind of like, I'm just not going to pay this for a couple months and then I'll, you know, I'll just be real chill when I drive. Mm. I mean, I, I was literally in college. I was like, a, you know, I did not have a hundred dollars to my name. Uh, John is trying to get back online right now. Just so everyone knows. Oh, there he is. Speak of the devil. And he appears sends John Sylvain in his stead. <clears throat> What I miss? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. It was just just blandness. No, John, have you ever caused a car accident? Been at uh, fault. What do you mean? Like, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. What happened? Uh, I uh, I turned um, uh, left to, uh, a little later than I should have, mm -hmm. more tentatively than I should have. Uh, this and, is what uh, you, this is what you missed. I said, um, "What's going on with uh, you, Steve?" And he goes. What's up with these crazy drivers? And he went off a little bit on that, and it was oh. yeah, it was it was 
pretty amazing. I'm trying. I'm auditioning for uh, the 1980s evening at the Improv. Yeah, is uh, that why you have the rolled A&E. up sleeves in the Rosie rolled up sleeves suit. and a brick wall? Yeah, and, uh, and I'm a roll mullet. You ever notice that men and women are, notice? are different? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, women white are people. Like, am I right? Yeah, they're right? all like this. white people, <laughs> and then and then women are all like this, and then black people are like, oh wait, never mind. Can't do that one no, anymore. I know. Yeah, Dave Chappelle, he pulled his uh, his entire library of the Chappelle show f- uh, from Netflix today, and basically he you know he put up a, a put a set uh, online where he was saying that he signed away his rights to the Chappelle show uh, to yeah. Viacom, and like he owns that, but then he's like. I don't like that they're selling this and making money off it and I get nothing. Right. And so he asked uh, Netflix to pull it because they just, at the beginning of the month or so, they they started airing The Chappelle Show and they said, oh, Mr. Chappelle, who we've already paid $60 million to for three specials, we will ab- absolutely pull that. So this morning they pulled the the show because he doesn't want people to see it if he's not getting any money for it because apparently 60 million dollars from netflix alone wasn't enough uh what is your feeling about that like like i understand why netflix acquiesced to to this request i don't know if he should uh, well i what what are your thoughts about that when you when you teed up like that marty I uh, I guess the my only choice is to say that Dave Chappelle is is outrageous, but uh, I'm gonna get back to you when I find out what the real story is, and uh, tell <laughs> no, you what no, I really no, no, think. No. I mean, it, I listened to him say it, and and he does have a point. He's he's like he's he basically he doesn't said, own the show. If he no, he doesn't own the, the show. show. And it's, well, you said he owns the show. No, no, I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. No, I said Viacom owns the show. He sold the. He Before signed, that, you. Oh, he sold the rights to Viacom. Yeah, he signed away the rights to Viacom. So his own show, he signed away the rights to, to Viacom. They are now selling it, and you can watch it on CBS Access, All Access. It was used up until last night. You could watch it on Netflix, mm. and he asked Netflix to pull it. They did, and now in this set, he said, "Please, please, please, don't watch my." that show anymore because i don't want anybody to watch it unless i get paid for it i don't want other he basically saying i don't want viacom to make money off of it if i get nothing right and uh which is totally fair i understand that feeling uh it is uh, well in his eyes he wants to like he doesn't understand he is saying that like if they're going to continue continue making money off of it uh i should get a, a cut of that and like he gets, I guess, uh, some minor residuals as an actor and a writer uh, and a producer. But like, do you think that he has a, a case? Do you think, do you, would you feel bad if, if that were on and you started watching it? Like, no, I don't two think very different questions. What do you think, Marty? <laughs> no, no, I'm asking you guys what you think. I don't. I, I. I. I think it's more complicated, and we're getting like the uh, publicist's end of it all. Because if he owned the show, 
why would he sign the rights away? So I don't right. think he ever owned the show. Right. No, I don't think he ever right. owned the show either. Yeah, no, it was, it was, he didn't own the show. Right. right. Yeah. See, so, I don't like. So we're already like, okay. So he is a producer, writer, actor, which means he gets a salary. He gets residuals when it goes into markets that were negotiated back when there was just cable and not all every fucking streaming service. Your you know mom and pop. So yes, he's probably not making a lot of money, and he's a big name. And right. he's on a platform that is making money off of him, paying him what the market will bear. Sixty. It doesn't matter if they're paying him a thousand dollars for a special or sixty million. That's right. between those two people that said, "Yeah, no, no, no I have yeah. a thing." And, yeah, yeah. and so uh, he's just. It's just. I, I, I went through the same thing when Prince changed his name to the symbol, and I was a kid, and I was like, "Why is he so weird? I don't like this. Why is he a symbol?" It's fucking, I, and then I re, year, years later, it was because of complicated contracts that he wanted to get out of and couldn't record under the name Prince. And deals are real bad. Welcome to Hollywood. But Chappelle, unlike me, has clout and leverage. Right, right. No, and I is think like take it down. So yeah, no, I think it's impressive that like Netflix, having worked for Comedy Central, they are fucking monsters right. but and i think it's impressive him. that netflix like responded so quickly and without you know question and in in the in the stand-up thing that he released he's he was praising them for for acting very quickly uh i mean not saying that netflix is an angel but um they are trying to protect their investment so it's not like any sort of altruism they they want to make sure that they get you know sure. full participation on on what they're you can watch all the ship you can torrent all the chappelles anyway right, everything's right. out there right? <laughs> I mean, it, it, whatever but john but, maybe know. maybe i, I pre presented it simplistically but do, but you know i mean and basically i'm saying like is does he have a uh a legitimate case to to be complaining about this or is he is this just like uh, you know i don't know how how would you uh like if you were him, and would you feel the same sort of anger and and you know resentment towards uh, to the point where you would tell your your fans not to watch your old stuff? Uh, I, I for, well, I think it's very. First of all, it's very very clear. I know a lot of people get us confused, but I am I'm nothing like Dave Chappelle, um, and so the thing is, is that what happens is people go in to these the people that have distribution power like Netflix or Warner Brothers Records and they are basically nobodies um, and then they sign a contract uh, that seems like a good idea for like seven million dollars for your next sec seven records and then you put out you know Dirty Mind and 1999 and, and everyone thinks you're a genius because you fucking are and all of your albums sell like 40 million copies and you're still getting a million dollars a copy because you made the deal when you were a starving short guy who was famous in a couple of dance clubs in Minneapolis, right? Or a, a stand up and, and they said, here, here's all the resources to make your show and we own it. Okay. And he says, okay, I just want to make my show. All right. And then two years later, this is fucked. I don't like the way this is working and you guys are laughing at things you shouldn't be laughing at whatever any of the many very actually interesting reasons why he stopped doing his show. Um, but he didn't own it from the beginning. Right. Right. No, that, that, so, that is true. That is true. 
Okay, so you said he owned it and he signed it away, which is a very different thing. Right. Well, he didn't he, own it he, from the beginning. Right. And then they have this thing that they can now sell, and he gets paid every time it gets shown. Of course, as you pointed out, Steve, it's streaming, so it probably gets not that much money. He's upset that Hollywood works the way it does, and that he's continued to be a a, a fruitful artist. And yet this great thing that he made a long time ago, he has no control over. But he does have control over his relationship with Netflix. And he can say, hey, if you want me to do good stuff in the future, don't show this. And they say, okay, he has no leverage over um, CBS, but he's telling his friends not to watch. Now, all I, I don't I, I don't understand, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with anything that anybody is doing in this situation. Like right, it's right. he's using his leverage to get what he wants, right? But and he has extra contractual leverage, and so he's using it, and that's all. He doesn't have a legal like to stand on, which he admits, which he totally admits. Yeah, John, we got to do like a like an NPR car, uh, car talk with you and me, just breaking down uh, Hollywood deals and how it all think, works. That was so eloquent. Yeah, and people can like interest. Five people call in people and they like, listen to it on a regular basis. All right. In, in 1976, uh, Warner brothers, uh, they purchased a script called the sting and it was developed <laughs> by Robert Evans under the banner of, uh, Fichucci productions, LLC, and uh, there were three gross points on the back end for the producers, but not the talent. Right. And we're going to break apart that contract line by line coming up after this commercial for Dunkin' Donuts. Everybody in Hollywood knows that gross points don't mean anything unless they do. We'd be the only NPR show with commercials. Uh, <laughs> coming up after this word from Dunkin's. You're in Boston. Go to Dunkin's. And then, then Fuck people, you. people call Where in. Where else you gotta go? People call in and with their their contractual questions, like um, exactly. Yeah. So my billing block says that I should be like three points, you know, three places higher than the DP, but I'm not. Can you help me with that? Oh my god, that was my like introduction to Hollywood. Was uh, working for old Gary Oldman, and he was in a movie with Harrison Ford, and they fucked up his deal. Uh, Air right. Force One. Air Force One, right. And uh, he wanted to be what is known as above the title, which means your name, usually your last name in the key art, or the, is above the title of the movie. Uh, I don't think they do this anymore because there are no longer stars and no one fucking cares. But right. back in the old times, it would say Air Force One, and above it in the, the poster, it would say right. Gary Oldman and Harrison Ford, and they fucked up. Yeah. And so it's Harrison Ford, Air Force One. And then in the little smaller block, it says Gary Oldman and Glenn Close and some other schmucks. And it was like bloodbath with lawyers and screaming and we're going to not do, you know, promotion and Harrison Ford's agents calling us. Like, it was just like, whoa, over where your name is on a poster on a movie, no one is ever going to see again. Right. I mean, wow. that, well, no one's going to see the poster again. That's the funny thing. No one, nobody cares all, about the poster. All it, it, all it is is leverage towards your next paycheck, which is on this movie, I got a billing block next to Harrison Ford, who's the biggest movie star in the world, I guess, at the time. And now I, I keep getting, it's just about getting more money in the next deal. Oh, we really should do like a movie contract, fucking <laughs> like car talk with thick Boston accents. <laughs> 
It'd be so much. My client needs to be 76% of the title in their billing block above the title. And he gets a ride. He gets a ride to the to the to the location with his his chauffeur, his Russian chauffeur, pick off and drop off. <laughs> We're going to talk about the first time uh, a director got a little box around his name in the uh, billing block. That was uh, Billy uh, Stephen Hopkins on uh, Blown Up, a uh, a film with Jeff Bridges. No, I'm just making that up. But that would be like you know how they put their like if they're yeah. a real fancy director, they get a little tiny box around their name. Yeah. Like who cares? Right. Yeah. No, especially these days, I think it's much less important. But back then, I mean, that's that was a huge marketing element. Like there was no World Wide Web to, to, you know, sell. And here's the thing, Star Wars nerds. George Lucas got kicked out of the fucking DGA because Star Wars begins with how does Star Wars begin? Long time ago, comma, in a galaxy far, far away, ellipsis. Star Wars. Yep. Great. And then a crawl. And then the movie starts. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do that. You had to fucking, you had to, there was like, a, you had to have the produce, like the title, the actor, then the movie that's above the title actor, then the movie, then the, you know, smaller, smaller actors. And then some actors who share a card and then DP, you know, all the other people no one cares about, then producer, writer, director, and then movie starts. And he was like, no, but my movie has to begin with this crawl. And he got kicked out of the DGA, or he quit, because they were like, I, I don't remember which it was. But Yeah, how'd that work out for him? I know, fuck, fucking DGA. Well, the DGA, a lot, most directors are not in a DGA. The DGA is a, is a, a union of the assistant directors, mostly. Yeah. No, I mean, regular directors are in it. No, a lot of them aren't. Na- name well, a director who's not in the DGA. Uh, I brought you. <laughs> Your uh, sister's in the DGA, right? Hell yeah. Hold on. Yeah. I, there's 18,000 members in the DGA. Uh, give me a minute. I'll look through. And no, no, but, can... but look at... No, <laughs> I do not there. No, no, no. But actually, John has a point because every, every uh, movie, DGA-sanctioned movie, has um, an... A director, a first AD, a second AD, a third AD, you know, a second second. I mean, uh, so there will be more ADs than there will be directors for sure. And it's a completely different skill set. I mean, you want to be a, a good AD. What's, what does an AD do, John? The, uh, the AD is like the manager of the set. So the AD is keeping track of if sound is ready, if lighting is ready, is, um, are the, is makeup ready for every scene. And if everybody's ready, then he turns to the director and says, or we're she. ready. She usually, actually. Um, or Ooh. they, or it. And uh, and then, you know, they 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 uh, they actually say quiet on the set. And then they then they say roll camera. Oh, they roll sound, roll camera. And then the other guys say speeding. And then the director says action. That's the only thing that the director has to say except cut. Uh, unless no, I, work, I worked. I worked with this first AD, and also first ADs and the line producers do the, the call sheet and uh, the shooting schedule. Mm-hmm. They're like really. And the second AD manages the actors to get them on set. And, yes, and on yeah. third or second and third are like uh, talent, uh, extras, background, etc. Um, I worked with this awesome first AD who like got out of the business because they die super young. They're, it's a super stressful it's job. A very very stressful job. Yeah. Because yeah, all, all the time comes on on your back, but you're managing all the the crew. Who and, comes on whose back? What? 
You're managing all the crew, and then the director is just like, "Let's go, let's go, let's go." And then the yeah. So this first AD would 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 yell cut like he that was he oh was like, no yeah well he, I would you know because sets are like all stretched out now so like you're sitting by what they call video village which just means a bunch of monitors because you're too lazy to look through the camera diopter um, and you sit with a bunch of other people who are staring at their phones um, texting and I would go uh, or the director that I'm working with would go cut and then the AD would be on the set a little closer to everyone and he and he would go that's a cut cut how'd that work every out? fucking time i wow. love i just was like get me cut cut i love that guy it was always two and i it was like he branded himself i'm, I'm like why do you do cut cut he's like everyone knows who i am they, right. it's like you you hear cut and you're like oh, did we cut you he's here that's eh, a cut cut he's got to protect the brand <laughs> I loved it. The first time I worked on a, I got cast in a commercial. I, you know, it's like the f first time I was on a commercial set and it was a room full of 200 people and the, like there was a big long tracking shot and then like it was going on and then the director sort of yelled at me to lean out and, and I said, but you didn't say action because he didn't say action, and I didn't know that. Nobody told me that. Turns out he was a director who liked to be spontaneous, and uh, and so the very first shot that I was ever on in a commercial, like, I spoiled by saying, you didn't say action, because I didn't know any better, and in front of 200 people, I got my ass chewed out, and just like, yes. And I, that was a, a very auspicious start to, to my fairly successful commercial acting career but boy that was the worst <laughs> flop sweat so you aspiring directors listening here's something i watched uh what do you think about I that was, story it was a great story thank you um it was sad uh, i cried uh, a little bit i worked on a movie directed by david mamet the, the playwright but he was directing one of his own scripts and uh this is about con men no, it was about a really? college professor and a woman that. Oh, speaking of No, that's no? about a agents. Oh, well, are, weren't you one. in the theater? Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I don't know. Yeah, keep going. Uh, let's see. Very child. One? True West. The one with the uh, is uh, it's got one word. I don't remember. Oleana. Anyway. Oleana. That's so, um uh, what you do when you shoot, you know, you you, you get to a, a scene and you uh, you block it out with your camera ding-dongs and your sound peeps. And then, you know, maybe if you have a little money, you have stand-ins because you just need human bags of flesh to light and move around. And you're like, all right, we got the scene blocked. And then you're, 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 you invite talent to set if you're lucky enough to have trailers and the talent walks in and you're like rehearsing the stuff. And that's usually when all the crew guys just start playing words with friends and you're like trying to work really hard with these actors as guys in shorts are thinking of words. <laughs> and uh, so he would rehearse and in a normal situation, you go, okay, great, let's shoot one. And then your AD or the director would go action, all the other speed and rolling and all that crap. And then actors would say their lines. And when you're done, you say cut. And before you say action, you do a thing called the slate. No one, no one in Hollywood knows why they do a slate. It's like a tradition. It doesn't have any actual serious <laughs> function. 
No, it's it has a function. <laughs> I know, but I think that'd be like a it's funny a communication <laughs> device that, that goes into the future. It's an old tradition. Like saying, the very first director was yeah. deaf, and it let him know that we were starting. He, to he roll. could only see in black and white, so that's why they needed to put the black and white stripes on there. And yeah. So you slate it. So the actors are wait, you know, rolling speed, and then a guy comes in or a girl, usually a girl, and she goes, "Take seventy-five the apple cider," and the actors settle for a moment. And I, so I would watch Mamet while he was rehearsing. He would say, "All right, let's try it," and then he would tap the DP on the shoulder, and they would rehearse. And then he'd go tail slates, and I was like, "What the fuck is the tail slates?" And the kid would come in and slate at the end. So the actors did not know. They were rolling. They were a little more relaxed. It was, I was like, and then I would see takes when they, everything was tight and everyone was set. And I was like, oh, they were much better when they didn't know. There's a bunch of people in expensive film running through a camera. It was like a really good, like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to get a performance. Look at you, John. You're nodding. You I'm agree. nodding out. I, I, I just did a whole bunch of heroin. I'm okay. sorry. I wasn't really listening. Okay, no, cool. yes. No. Well, I mean, I think that, that's one way to do it. I, I, uh, not I every time, but just no. as a like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot, shoot some rehearsals. Acting, acting is uh, is pretend behavior, right? It's not. Sometimes that's just really simple, and a lot of times, especially with Mammoth, Mammoth seems to like people to not really push at all. Like, don't even act. Like, yeah. everything is like this. Like, he always has Rebecca Pigeon in his movies, or used to. His uh, his wife and mm -hmm. her face was like a block of wood. The only person who the two people that survived his movies and looked good were um, uh, Joe Montana and yeah. um, John and the guys Piratello. Shameless. Yeah, the, well, your friend, uh, whatever. John Lemoncello. <laughs> uh, um, William Robert H. Rodriguez Macy. is not in the DGA. Really? Yeah, apparently. Uh, you can't do a movie for the big studios because uh, they're, they're signatories. But there, there are some notable exceptions to being in the DJ. Quentin Tarantino was uh, directed six films before becoming a DJ member. But, wow. but most directors in Hollywood working for the big studios are in the DJ. I am wrong. Okay, interesting. All right. Years ago, a friend of mine who is in the DGA, he invited me to go play poker. And he like at, at the DGA it was like for for charity or something. And it was like run by Ben Affleck and who directed uh, The Exorcist? William Friedkin. Wow. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm in. Like whatever cost, I'm, I'm going. And it's that weird building down on Sunset. And I, I walked in there and it was all first ADs. It was just, a, it was like. All it was like an IPA in human form. It was all just bros. Like, what are you working on? Uh, I'm doing uh, season 17 of Smallville. What are you working on? I'm calling shots over at uh, oh. CBS Radford. We're doing a game show. Uh, that's what called, an, uh, that's what an IPA sounds like when they talk. Yeah, hey, how you doing there? I was like, where's Ben Affleck and William Freakin? Like, oh yeah, they they don't come to this. It's like, where are the fucking directors? Yeah, I mean, first oh, ADs first are ADs. a much different. Like John was saying, there it's a much different breed. But there are, I mean, there have been a few, I think, that have gone, made that jump into directors. Uh, but like, what do, you, what do you guys think is the best path if somebody wants to become a director as a, like through a system that is where you're not just making movies, you know, from the start? 
Like, what's a good? What do you mean? Uh, what's what? a good proving ground to become a director? Like, you know. Oh, making movies. I mean, if you if you take that away, there is no proving ground. The only way to become a director is to direct movies, and you should start with small ones, and you should not mm. wait until you have something perfect. You should mm. do it immediately. You take do it tonight. What, Stop yeah, listening do it to this tonight. shit. Exactly. Well, See if I you would can, think. Um, well, for it, a long time, DPs was a great way to Barry get Sonnenfeld was a DP for the Coen Brothers. Yeah, uh, you get on a lot of sets, and you get like the rhythm of how to work with with first ads and money people and producers. Yeah, I mean, and I, John, uh, I was, you're very I close was, to the actors. I was thinking, like, you know, what what is it like? As an assistant director, you're doing so many things; you can't really learn on a set how to direct the way you can as a perhaps as a dp or as a writer or as a stunt coordinator like all the john wick guys came from uh stunt coordinating and they they parlay that into a directing career um, mm -hmm. yeah you like the closer you get to camera and talent you know like actors as much as uh, yes actors uh like i think editors make really great directors but they're so distanced from the process right they're like much either in another building, usually after, I mean, sometimes they go to set, but they're, they're super duper important. My wife worked on a project where they had a, a, a editor sit on the zoom shoot. I was like, Oh, that's really smart. She's like, should I do that? I'm like, yes, have an editor there. Cause they're, they're thinking right. in a way that your director is. So but an editor like thinks strategically because they're given a, a finite amount of material that they have to, they're the the final directors kind of in a way they they have to piece yeah. the the final uh story together and as an editor you do learn what you need to complete a scene so in a that is what you get as a uh, an editor is like just being able to strategize in a really smart way make your shot lists sensibly but you are like insulated from the set so you, you are every you know, editor i've worked with they're just like what is this guy doing? Like, what is this camera? Like they just, they sit there and complain about the dailies. Cause they're like, why would he move there? Like, and I think they want to be on set, but I think they're just, you know, they're, they didn't come up through camera or whatever and writing or whatever. And they're right. not close to talent. I mean, directing that goes to John's point is like the best way to know everything is to be the director, you know, like, Yes. Yeah. The direct directing is is a uh, a job that is. Meant, I mean, people have come from acting. People have come from editing. People have come from cinematography, and people have just have been writers, and they and they do it. And it's a a, a a job that can be done in many many ways because basically, uh, if you get good people in the in the craft positions in the production, you get a good production designer. You get a good uh, costume designer you get a good cinematographer you get a good ad you get you know you get a good sound guy you get good actors or girl or girl you don't, don't have to do anything you really all you have to do as a director is make subjective choices so the the i i read this one time uh with uh who's the guy who was on taxi married to ria perlman uh short guy uh the rock no <laughs> yeah it's, i think you're talking about the rock I think you the think rock. it's The Rock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dwayne Local Johnson. H. No, no, no. Dwayne Johnson, I think is his Dwayne name. Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne yeah. The Rock Johnson. You mean yeah. Danny DeVito? Yeah, I mean Danny DeVito. So oh, Danny whatever. DeVito said, yeah, Same I like thing. I like this is when he was directing. He directed a couple of uh, things and he directed uh, Hoffa. Uh, Hoffa. 
which is was his big prestige thing, prestige thing. And he said, I like directing. You know, they say, do you want the blue couch or the red couch? I say the red couch. And so that's the level at which, because a lot of times you wow. have, in theater, yeah, in theater you have uh, directors sort of have to uh, learn how to work with actors. In in film, in, in Hollywood, um, most actors are surprised if the director has anything to say to them. And most directors don't know how to talk to direct to, uh, to actors or, or how to, how to elicit a performance because they're technicians, you know, and they love the, the visual medium, but they have no idea how to get somebody to be scared or, or more, or, or to, to really, so that, so, uh, Hollywood I was, actors. It's funny. I reminded me of a story. I was doing a, a horror thing and I got a, I got a must hire, which means the guy at the studio was like, you got to hire this director. He was an editor turned horror director. He had five movies that had been really, I'd, I'd never heard of any of them. He's one of those, like, uh, I've done all this horror. I'm like, cool, we're doing this horror. It's TV, it's got, it's fast. We got to turn it around. And it was like a big set piece, you know, with like wind machines and smoke and debris. And the, you know, the demon was coming out of the girl and the priest was holding the whatever. It was like a big moment. And I'm standing next to him and it's fucking noisy as all hell. And, he just calls the actor out. He's like, act <laughs> like do something. You're a statue. And I, I just looked at him like, oh, honey, this is your last week. Uh, you're, you're a weekly, right? Yeah. I, and I went and got my friend who was a horror director, but he was an actor. He went to performing arts college. He could, and we brought him on and everyone thought I was a fucking diamond because he could talk to actors. He could get a performance out of someone. And he was a technician. And I was like, that, yeah, the, we, why did you have me hire this guy that just William Friedkin, William Friedkin. Yep. We had to use glycerin because he couldn't get this woman to cry. I mean, and just yelling, like never yell at an actor act. Uh, try anything scream at them join them on set do so like do, go on camera with like do something but just david yell. o russell would would beg to differ with you he's a fucking hack oh wow there we go um what, why why would he beg to differ with you why, why 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 do you say that oh because of that whole lily tomlin tape yeah but like they were having a discussion that that devolved into him being very upset like being upset I don't mind because it's passion but just like looking at a monitor and the actor isn't giving us what I want and your note is to scream at them do something act like it's no, just it like saying it it's, it's like saying louder like uh, okay that's all you got uh John of all the jobs you've had what in the business what is your favorite to do Acting. Steve? Uh, acting. No, Steve? Vo voice, act voice acting? No, seriously. Acting. I don't get to act because I'm not an actor, but it's fun. Really? Acting is fun. That's yeah, fun. Liberating. It's easy, too. It is it's easy. Really, it really I mean, it's not, it's not uh, as easy as it looks. because Getting it the job is the hardest part. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And doing it requires some concentration, and there's a reason why people are asked not to, you know, have crew people look at them, especially if they're big stars, because it can be, you're trying to pretend to be somebody else. And if everybody's saying, hi, Mr. Cruz, it's, re it's really an honor or whatever, then it's very hard. You have to, sometimes you have to focus, right? But, but really, it's not, it's, it's fun. 
It it's is pretending. Fun. It's pretending. Yeah, and if you're fun. good at pretending and you can you can get paid to do it. I mean, it's the only job I've ever had in in where I showed up uh, ten minutes late my first day, and they were so glad to see me, and they escorted me to uh, my own room and and asked if I needed anything to drink. And my job was to say hi. You want a refill on that? I mean, you know, fired. <laughs> Act. <laughs> do something. Do and whatever something. kind of job do you, where you where you go in and you do something, and then uh, uh, and you're finished with the day, and they give you more more money uh, than you deserve for doing whatever. And then a year later, you get the same amount of money because they replayed whatever it was. And then twenty years later, you get twenty six cents in the mail, and you're like, "What's this for? I yeah. forgot I was in that." Yeah, and you just I was it. in Spencer Fryer. Huh. <laughs> I was in Handmaid's Tale, the movie or the TV a, show. What movie? movie? Wait a minute! I thought what they movie? were shooting some Italian softcore porn. What did I? What were... <laughs> I thought it was I, softcore. I find um, like editing like was the most fun thing because like that you have you know, you're the final sort of step into telling the story. And so when it comes together in a really clever way, it's incredibly satisfying. And that was... Sure. Yeah, that was really fun for me. You know, that Verna Fields made Jaws Jaws, apparently. I don't know. But um, but yeah, editing is super fun. It's well, all edit- super fun. Yeah, it yeah, is. That's it really is. Except for craft service, that's a shit show. Oh my God! Uh, I, I did craft service. service working for Marty. Yes, you. On, yes, on that uh, Matt. Where is it? What's the Strawberry name? Fields. Strawberry Fields, and I uh, I took the the bagels and I put them in the microwave, and they almost fired me. But I was. was... <laughs> oh my God! That was the that was a nightmare shoot up in the high desert. It's supposed to be like all warm. We go out there onto the desert, and the entire desert is covered in frost. You know, it's, it's so cold. Yeah, so we had to basically, uh, we're like, what do we do? I guess we wait for the frost to melt. And then we like drove the trucks up onto the, the desert so th- and ran the engine really hard so it would melt a small spot of desert. And then we just shot close-ups of, uh, overhead close-ups of the star. On was uh, that Susie Nakamura? That was Susie Nakamura, who is just... Did, did you see, uh, did you see that uh, thing with... Uh, uh... Uh, the girl, from, the girl from ER. <laughs> Fuck. Never mind. I'll Grandpa. look it up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Good talk. Good talk. Um, Oof. Yeah. So, I was thinking about. Oh, so John, you were asking about hour-long like recommendations, and did you? Of course, you've of course saw the the Queen's Gambit, the the most watched s- scripted television show on streaming. Is that time. what it is? It, of all time? Yeah, you know, that chess drama. Yeah, I saw it. I really liked it. It was it's the most watched thing ever? Uh a streaming drama ever. On Netflix. Mm, okay, I think of so, all So in other words, nobody's watched it? I mean if, <laughs> all right. it's a it's a most watched streaming drama about chess that has ever been on in the late part of the twenty twenty twenty. It's it's the only, it's the most watched thing by Anya Taylor Joy playing a chess prodigy ever made. I mean, I it's think very I was pretty clear about it, you know. But anyhow, I'm, did you enjoy oh, it? 
Uh, oh, he loved it. Yeah, because you wanted to watch to an hour long thing where people weren't killed. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I'm looking for. I'm looking for. Maybe we'll go back to and watch Dead to Me, which stars Susie Nakamura. That was the thing I was thinking of. Oh, well, that does. I mean, that, that it is about a the, murder. It's in the title. You know, I hate to break it to you, but yeah, 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 yeah. No, I understand. But uh, you know, as opposed to like. Uh, what was that? God, I can't remember anything. Uh, but the boys, the boys, which is like uh, death, how many death, murders death, per death, minute? How many? How can we blow someone's head up in this episode? Yeah, no, yeah. in the most perverse way possible. Uh, like, let's get a super penis out there and have him strangle the dude. Yeah, sorry uh, yeah. to spoil it for you people. Oh, is there? Did a you guys, did you guys see uh, Undoing? The Undoing? No. Mm-mm. Oh, it's a new. It's a semi new thing with uh, Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman. You oh, my watching... wife is watching it. Yeah, she says it's uh, very well acted and it's got it's got that dumb procedural like. Why is Nicole Kidman talking to the cops without a lawyer? Because yeah. the show needs to happen. Like rich yeah. people get lawyers. They don't. No, that was shit to... that was that. I actually that's what I said out loud. Her father, Donald Sutherland, says. You you need a lawyer, and she says I don't need a lawyer, and I said that's implausible. Yeah, she, she, that's it, not it how was, rich people it, operate. No, and it, what shouldn't be how she operated. She 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 was in close to being in trouble, and she still didn't get a lawyer. Oh, anyway, and it has this brutal murder in it. All right, so that's not for you then. I Why just, does it have to I, be an hour, John? Why can't it be a half hour? Oh, because I've got Shit's Creek to for the half hour. Um, I'm watching shit. I I just want something a little bit with a little bit more meat on its bones to go with Shit's Creek, which is fun. And I've got. Have a, you seen the end of the fucking world? No, somebody just mentioned that. Really Should good. I watch that. Really, yeah, really good. All right. It's based on a graphicish novel. And I mean, it's the, like there's the promise of death. The threat. Oh of yeah, death. that's true. Oh, there is death in it, but you know, every story has some sort of death in it. It's very good. Two you seasons. You guys ever watch the the Mick? We just were watching the Mick, which is I wouldn't like With recommend K- it. Caitlin, what's her name in it? Yeah, yeah, mm. Caitlin Wilson. She's really fun, uh, but it's it basically it feels like what are the let's have a list of like thirty incredibly inappropriate things, and we'll put all of them in the first three episodes. <laughs> we have this teenage girl who's having hot, hot, hot sex upstairs mm. with uh, a twenty-something. I'm in. And, uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, I, I, it's like the cornerstone of much of television is sex and violence. That's just nothing yeah, new. Right. And I think when a Queen's Gambit comes along, where I don't believe I've only seen three, but I don't think anyone's going to get murdered. Um, no, no, a lot of kings it, die. It's very refreshing. It's very. <laughs> it's um. Oh, John! It's I don't know. It's it's Sorry. like every now and then I go. I I can't take death and I, I mean i blasted through i may destroy you on hbo which is this woman's book and she stars in the show that she created and it's about we, she we, blacked out and was sexually assaulted and she's fucked up and she's like you know and it's i'm making it sound darker than it is but at a certain point i was like oh, wow yeah it's it's I, so I, well I like, done it's a bummer. but it's just like so hard to to watch and and at the same time it's magnetic but at the same time i'm at a point where i just need the dumbest thing you know to watch so it's also i mean so i was i was uh one time i was backstage to theater and i was i used to work at paramount for disney uh star trek.com and i mentioned that 
And uh, this woman that I had never met before, she says, oh, I love that show. It's the only show on TV that's not about murder. And this was, you know, 20 years ago, I guess, probably or 15 years ago. So there were fewer things on TV. But I was like, oh, yeah. And then I thought, wait a minute. She's right. I mean, basically, every cop show is about murder. Right. Most of the, the, the shows that are about, you know, uh, firefighters and doctors you know half of them you know are about somebody being shot uh half the episodes you know and it's just high it is high stakes but after a while it's like oh god there's so many people dead all the time It'd be nice to watch somebody play chess and that was really well done that show that uh Queen's scott, scott frank really is good. really good is he the director or is he the writer both oh yeah yeah, it's great. Um, he did Out of Sight, the George Clooney adaptation of Oh yeah. Uh, whatchamacallit? The yeah, Elmer Leonard book. Right, that. Uh, what did he do? Uh, Logan, he wrote the screenplay, it was really good. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Screenplay. Um Minority Report. Eh, no, that's good. Get Shorty. I enjoyed that. Like he's and he's just one of those like rewrite guys. Like I I read his stuff over the years. And he's just like, oh yeah, he's a he's a solid dude. Can you explain the rewrite world, Steve? You know, like big studio scripts need lots and lots of rewrites, and they get they burn people out. And he's one of those guys. I think Eric but, Roth. But who, no, that that whole world, like, there are people who like basically have created amazing careers as rewriters, but they've never like received credit on a movie. Like, like well. They're not as much anymore. Like those, un, like yeah, I just do rewrites. Like yeah, there's, the, you know, like the but comedy can you just world. Explain like explain that though. Is- well, yeah, like uh, let's say you and I sold that thing to Netflix, and they're like, great, and we go write it. And they're like, God, that sucks. Those guys suck. So Netflix will hire, like they have a stable of people to rewrite, do the network's notes. You know, we'll be like contracted to do two rounds of their notes, and then they'll go, "Guys, we love the project. We're just going to bring in some extra help, and we'll get all freaked out." And And then they bring in uh, Scott Frank, and he's like, "God, who are these mongoloids? What is this?" (laughs) Throws it all out and writes this brilliant thing, and either gets or the um, other way around. You know, uh, you'll see his name. You know, when you see people's credits, you see like. Marty, you ampersand Steve Kruger. That means we're a writing team. And then if you see A N D Scott Frank, that means Scott Frank was brought in later to right. fix what those idiots couldn't write. And then there were probably four other writing teams or writing entities there who didn't have the you know who uh, didn't have enough writing uh, changes to merit a yes. a credit. And it's they, they not as much in television, but, but they, and they uh, wouldn't go to. You know, they can take it to arbitrage and then the writers go arbitrage. Arbit- yes. Arbitrage. Yes. Uh, like big studio arbitration, movies. Sorry, have a bu- arbitration. Sorry. I liked arbitrage. Yeah, arbitration. Yes. You, too. Uh, you know, they'll they'll have a bunch of people come in and uh, punch it up. And if they if a certain percentage of their words didn't make it into the final script, they don't get credit. They get paid. But it's a whole. No, it's like learning how sausages are made like and wow you've been in one of those like sometimes they'll put like a big brain trust of quote unquote of funny people in a room to to punch shit up in a like in a writer's room setting for a movie. Mm-hmm. You, you've been in that situation right Steve? it's it's just dynamic you just look around and you're like how did half these people get in here 
And then you look at the other half and you're like, how did I get in here? Well, explain what it's like. like. She, wait, 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 she wait, 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 wait. Start, like she wrote Avatar. Wait, no, no, stay, start from the beginning and like, what is it like in that? Uh, like, how do you get invited to those rooms? And then what's no producers like? and they're, you know, like, hey, can you work these days? And they're like, we don't have any money. And you go, okay, I can't. And then they go, oh, we found some money. And then there's usually someone like running it, like someone in charge and going, okay, here's the script. And let's, you know, you, uh, depending on what it is, like people will put it up on a big screen and you'll talk through it. And then like, if it's comedy, you'll just go line by line and just people will pitch jokes and then you'll couple will, will stick and then you'll keep going. And then we'll all go get some, you know, Chinese chicken salad and sit around and what, what are you doing after this? I don't know. What are you doing? And then we'll come back and, you know, pick the jokes that everybody wrote. And does it get better? The script? It gets different and everyone gets paid. <laughs> right. Right. Does that still happen? I don't know. I mean, what does that still happen in the world or for me uh, in the world? Yes. Not, not as much anymore for me. They, they want like, young 26 year old instagram yeah, yeah. funny people they don't want they, they bring me in for like hey what's up with this like arc of the show and i sit there and go it doesn't work you can't have x without y and you know and they go that was great we're gonna we're calling scott frank yeah <laughs> like yeah, we're you're, gonna pay you're right. him seven hundred fifty thousand yeah, dollars right to you go. get what you pay for let's uh let's yeah. go with scott frank yeah, Scott Frank will go, just get rid of act two. And they'll go, oh, he's a genius. Yeah, make it. But I said that. Yeah, well, we paid you $750. And yeah, all right. Yeah. It's uh, a living. It's a living. Anybody? Anybody? No. Nope. All right, cool. Uh, let's see. On the Is that the Flintstones? Yeah, thank you. Uh, so Tyson says that uh, I should mention that I've, I have, in fact, now viewed Love Actually, and I was wondering if um, Kruger has seen Thugs of Hindustan yet. No worries if not. Uh, I have uh, downloaded it off the internet. It is on my computer. I have started it, and then I started reading, and I got um, real freaked out. But I have it. It is... Um, an hour and 38 minutes. Like it is like the perfect length. So I will watch it over Wait, the holiday. It's like three hours. No. Thugs of, thugs. I don't, of, I don't think so. The thongs of Hindustan. No, uh, it is. It's not the perfect length. It's an extra half hour. Oh, you've seen it. I, I saw the extra half hour at the beginning. And there's a, there, there, there's an Anglo-Saxon character who's speaking Hindi. Oh, there we go. Uh, I, I got. I got very scared. It's 164 minutes. So whatever that is in metric, you you tell me. Uh, JP Cutter says that. Oh, he wrote the mail sack. So we'll get to that. And then Tyson also said that I think about. Death. Oh, you're right. It is too long. Now I'm looking. At, yeah, two two hours and forty minutes. Okay. Two hours and forty right. minutes. Yeah, he's on. They're on the boat at the end. Okay, I'm gonna watch it. All right. Uh, Tyson says that he plans to watch the Queen's Gambit. So there you go. Join the rest of America. Uh, I had a question for you guys. And like we are, I was just curious. Um, in the past nine months since we've been in this situation, 
Have you had created any new dreams or ambitions for yourself? Set any new goals? Oh, they no. both dropped off. Oh, there he is. <laughs> ah, all right. So, Mr. Improv. Get out of sh get out of show business and open uh, a uh, haberdashery. All right. Uh, maybe. Um... Uh, maybe uh, go back to doing theater. Uh, maybe go back to doing improv now that my son's gone and uh, often I'm doing his whatever he's doing with his life, which is to live it. Shelly and I are thinking about going back to Sacred Fools and maybe starting doing improv somewhere, stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. That, that sounds yeah. like effort. Doing doing a effort, yeah, yeah. It's it actually requires some effort. I, uh, I, please stop. Uh. I thought you were asking me rather than are you asking for suggestions for you? I for you, I would suggest maybe trying to lift up your feet when you walk. Oh, no, 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 that's right. that's punching. That's down. too much. Come that's on. too much. Seriously, I think Marty, you've done it all. I think you need to take your foot off the gas <laughs> and just coast for like a decade. You, you know. I feel like that's been the past thirty years. So, you've, so really, no, no creative ambitions that you've been like, oh, now I'm going to do this. Um, wait a minute. I'm First very, of all, have I'm you met Steve? He's not going to tell you about anything that he's thinking about I doing know, until it's done. Yeah. No, that's I'm a that's very a good, that's a good quality. In, uh, a, erot a gay erotica that I want to start producing, but that's more of like a financial. Oh, that's why you want to get back into acting. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't. I, creative. I mean, say if you haven't, you haven't. That's fine. Uh, maybe uh, skateboard some more. Oof, that's a young man's game. Nah, I could still skateboard, and I, I found a skate park near me, and I'm like, I, I could, I could do a backside rock and roll on that ramp. I, I'm fine. Wait, you're you're okay to face the scrutiny of preteens they just be like this elderly man i don't know how he's still stuck to the board i don't know what's going yeah. on um yeah i think yeah i think i want to get back to reconnect with skateboarding it, it makes me very relaxed and i have a good time doing it well that's a good reason to do it yeah yeah for the love of it well yeah why not uh, all right that's awesome um uh marty marty what about you Oh, I, I'm just thinking, I'm looking for escapes, escape hatches. Like that's, that's my thing right now. It's like figuring out where I'm going to like hide out and find the largest, like a, like compound I can afford with the meager savings I have. Uh, that is the, yeah, that is the safest. Yeah. That, that's kind of where I am. I mean, I I have lots of thoughts about things to create, but I just don't have any will these days. Um, the yes, the, I reached an age where like effort is effort. <clears throat> it's so sad. I mean, you guys are making faces at me, and it's it is really sad. But uh, no, I I I plan to do more voiceover. Steve, write it, and I will speak it. Um, Episode one of season two of Subterra has been written. Oh, oh great! We're, we're moving moving forward. 
Okay, well, I big much bigger world. My agent year. hasn't called me at all, so mm-hmm. that's um, I guess okay. they've gone in a different direction. So Hold on, I got to record some. This season, Ace will be played by John Sylvain. Yes. Well, okay. Well, that dream. I looked around, and and all I could find was this broken down robot. <laughs> Maybe is okay, that. I'm going to need you to really hit that R in robot. Really lean into it. Robot. 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 So that dream has been shattered, and uh, so I will find come up with a new one. Uh, no, I, I just need to write more. It's just, you know, that's all. Is yeah. it all? That's that all it? there is. That's all there okay. is. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I mean, I guess I was sort of fishing with uh, with your you guys to see if I could get some inspiration for myself. And you came to the wrong podcast. No, John, you inspired me. You you oh. you reminded me that these things, you know, you have to you have to make an effort and get out of your uh, your regular routine if you want to do something interesting. So, one of the things, and this brings up what I was you asked what we, what's been going on. So I I accidentally got uh, addicted to a game from Facebook called, uh, I think it's called Conflict of Nations. And it's basically, you know, a fancy risk kind of civilization kind of game where you're just playing, you're, you're a nation and you're trying to take over the world. And it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it was, it's just been a fucking time waste. And, and it, it's, it's just enough interest for me to go, I, I just got to do this one more thing, this one more thing. And, uh, the thing that I've told my son and I tell myself and I tell everybody is that you, if you want to create things, you have to create and not be entertained. You have to let yourself not be entertained because there's so much entertainment out there. You can fill up every single square second with entertainment and doom scrolling. I mean, fuck, everybody, everybody spending all this time like going through their Facebook feed or their Twitter feed or their Instagram feed or their whatever. And they all come back to me and they, they end up dumber than they did before. And I, when I say everybody, I'm talking about my wife. Ah, Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess my someone's feeling, not getting head tonight. No. My feeling is if that is, gives you satisfaction in the world, that's fine. But then, you know, if you want to do, if you want to be creative, that is not a, a very productive way to do it. Go about it. Tell well, that to PewDiePie. He makes quite a living just playing video games. Well, no, exactly. He he actually plays video games and then he edits it and, and then he, you know, does all yeah. sorts of other things. So Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to be creative and, you know, yeah, that aren't just. And he doesn't just play video games. He takes video games and talks about it. Yeah, and somehow I don't understand why that's that made him a multi multi millionaire. Because I've watched it, I'm like, well, that's entertaining for about a minute. Why would you go back and watch him do some other stuff? I don't understand that at all. But that's uh, because that's why I'm poor. Yeah, uh, but he doesn't have a loving family the way you do, John. I don't think that's even true. Oh, better off. I think he's better off in almost every way. Yeah. He's also younger and taller and uh, he's not stronger. He's not stronger. And, uh, he's funnier. I'm not sure if he's, he probably is stronger. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's like Swedish. I think the Swedes are all oh, strong. And, all and strong. you're, you, you just uh, suffered from a hernia. 
I have I have not just suffered from a hernia. I have a hernia. And what, what happened? John, for those of us who aren't in the know, what's a hernia? Well, my wife looked it up, and basically, a hernia is nothing more than strangulation. What what that means? Okay. Is, yeah, exactly. What it means is something is sticking out and getting strangled. And a hernia, so a herniated disc is when part of your back is some some is sticking out, you know, so that it's smushed. Right. Sticking out. So a hernia inside your body is when a part of your body is is pressing through like a muscle wall. So inside of me somewhere, there's a hole in the muscle wall that keeps my intestines from like leaking into my, you know, ball sack. <laughs> and so doing the a, Lord's work. Yeah. So there's a little hole down there. And uh, so I have to have, so it's interesting. I brought it up because it is a non life threatening, non life changing um, uh, problem, but it's like, the, it's a gigantic pain in the literally oh. a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the taint is what it is. And so I have I was, to actually go, I have to have a cat scan tomorrow and then I'm going to go see a surgeon in a week. And then I'm going to have, uh, surgery and uh you know it's just a pain in my fucking ass i don't have time for this i was born with a double hernia oh where in my groin oh really what do you mean where oh you i thought have, there were some other places you can you have, have hernias hernia. in many different places yeah i think you can have a hernia uh, like, well I, I had i had a, i guess you probably have a single one uh, it seems like it yeah so you i had a double out. one well i'll bring in the pictures next week please yeah. Which I guess is pretty common with babies. Like uh -huh. they can, when they're getting squished out, they tense up their muscles or something. I, like, I don't know what causes a hernia. Blame your mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That cunt fucked me up. But um, like at, at six weeks old, I had surgery. Like, I, I, I had the scars for years on the side. Oh, really? You had scars? Yeah. Oh. Well, like, I mean, you could see them through my pubes, but mm. um, that's the only surgery I've ever had. And I was like, oh, I missed out. Like, I didn't get to enjoy it because I was six weeks old. So tell well, us uh, about I've, it. When you have all right. I've had, I've had, uh, I think I've had like four surgeries and uh, I'll just describe it to you. So you go into the operating room and then the, uh, the, the, the gas passer, the anesthesiologist says count backwards from 10 and you go like this, 10, nine, eight, seven. And then you say to yourself, you know, I don't think this is working. And the working comes out and you're, you're like, what? Where am I? Oh, we're not doing the surgery? No, it's all already over. And you go, oh. The passage oh. of time is the weirdest thing about going under. Is that it, it goes it, like that. Because it's, it's, it's not, you don't fall asleep. Yeah. You get, you get knocked unconscious by the thing that killed Michael yeah. Jackson. Everything in your brain turns off and then turns Pedophilia? back on in like three hours later. <laughs> No, no, it starts with a P, but it's not pedophilia. Uh, <laughs> All right, so John, I mean, in a way, it did kill him. I'm glad that this isn't life threatening, so that's good, and I'm glad that you're able to take care of it. So, um, thanks. Yeah, I'm not able to take care of it. Somebody else has to do it. We're gonna dip into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. I wanna get my hands in that mail sack. Uh, yeah, that yeah, was great. That was great. Uh, Anthony Charles writes in from Moab, Utah. Oh yeah, how's he doing? He says so. I tried to explain my home and what it is. 
Oh, and somebody at CR. What's CR? Uh, oh, Community Rebuilds uh, made this. Um, so he what? sent he sent me a video, and oh. and I, Anthony, I'm I'm going to retweet this or I tweet this out. Thank you for sharing it, but I I don't. It's not the best way to to um, to fill the mail sack, uh, or to to uh, yeah. Hey, hey, Anthony, if you can hear my voice, how close do you live to uh, Swanee City Park? <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't expect him to answer. Yeah. Okay. I thought and I thought he might have been. Do you go to the uh, Bangkok House too to eat? Are Are you just looking shit up online? Oh yeah, Steve is just looking shit up online. He's just like he's drinking his beer and just like Googling the Canyonlands RV Resort and Campgrounds. All it's right. near Lubit Express on South Main uh, Street. Thank you for sharing this video. I will share it um, on YouTube. I mean, not on YouTube, on Twitter in a moment. Um, and then uh, JP writes in and says, "Has anyone seen Gangs of London?" Gang no. of London. No, it's a series uh, created by Gareth Evans, who's I think he's I think he might be Welsh. I don't know, but anyhow, he lived in Indonesia for a while. He directed the Raid movies, and um, and it, the series was created by Gareth Evans and his DP. Um, he's like a, an amazing acting action director. He's just a fantastic director. But I happened to look him up because you mentioned him because he directed that thing you guys love, uh, the the Thai fighting. Movie. The raid, the raid. It's a Indonesian fighting movie. I don't know. He's Welsh. He is Welsh. Okay. I, that's the one thing I remember. I don't remember anything else. He's Indonesian. Uh, he was in Indonesia when he made those movies. Yeah, but he's Welsh. Okay. I'm. I'm. They. They. The languages sound identical to me. So, I, Indonesian and Welsh. Yeah, I'll take you at your word. Uh, what was your takeaway from watching those movies, John? I didn't. Oh, you didn't? You just looked him up? That's it? Yes. Oh, okay. Because um, I, I looked up I looked up the raid. I was thinking about watching it, and I said, well, that's violent. And I looked at and the, the, the and I knew it was Indonesian. No, John, said, John, 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 the raid is not as violent as you think it is. is are you lying to me? Yes. Yes. Okay. Is. So, <laughs> I think it's everyone gets violent. You know, I, you know, I knew you were lying because you were giggling like a school child. <laughs> so, I was giving him a pantomime. So I was, I was like, I thought, I and I saw this name, and it was definitely not an Indonesian name. And, and I, so I looked him up, and I said, "Oh, these guys from Welsh, how, Wales. How did that happen? Like, how did he?" And the, it, the story is not that interesting. Oh, okay. Great, well, great um, the gang, gangs of London might be that interesting. He, uh, JP says, he blurly binged the whole thing in a night when it came out and was really impressed watching it more sensibly on AMC. Uh, the man has a talent for beautifully staged chaotic violence, everything from giant shootouts and brawls to a close range bathroom fight between a machete and a fire axe. What is a fire axe? He only directed two of the nine axe, episodes. Axe that, that, that's on the wall that, that says breaking case of fire. Oh, you know. I was just thinking of an axe made of fire. Um, oh, well, maybe sorry. that too. I was thinking very much in a comic book kind of way. Uh, mm. But uh, he only directed two of the nine episodes. Yeah, now I feel like an idiot. Thank you, John. Uh, You're yeah, welcome. Fire That's ass. what I'm here for. Yeah, but he directed all the action sequences. And it's at least as violent as his movies. But with that caveat, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, 
Yeah, so it's he says it's a lot like the, the Raid 2 in, in plot, but who watches these things for the plot, you know? Um, and then he says, I've been giving feedback on some friends' film projects recently uh, more directly mm-hmm. than in the past. In your guys' experience, mm-hmm. uh, does being involved in the creative steps affect what you think of a finished product for better or worse? Great question. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, JP. That's a, actually a really interesting question. Thoughts? Uh, oh, I, I don't I don't think I have um, any um, objectivity at all on anything that I do. I think it either is fantastic or it sucks. And I, I just I, I know that I have no judgment on it. It's the, the, the closer and more important it is to me, the less of an ability to judge it I have. So, for instance, if I make a video for um, some corporate client, like I do editing and maybe do you know a little bit of music or whatever. Um, I know if it's good because I don't care um, that much, you know. And, and they gave they gave me the parameters. I know if I if I if I did it right, um, and uh, and I'm not really surprised by the notes when I get them. But when I write something, like I just finished a screenplay, I gave it to uh, my wife and uh, my partner, and um, and they both really really liked it. And and I'm like, yeah, great. I'm I'm glad you really like it. I have no idea. I I. I think it's half of it's genius and half it's terrible. Was that his question? Uh, yeah, I think so. I no, the, the question, I mean, kind of, kind of. The The, the question was, um, with does being involved as a creative person, like knowing how the sausage is made, does that affect what you think of a finished product for better or worse? Yeah, so, so John did not answer the question at all. Well, no, I mean, but it was an interesting answer, like still. That- oh, yeah, Steve, it was an interesting answer. Incredibly interesting, but I got completely confused because. Well, let me answer the question with another fact. Did you know that the Big Bang? Never mind. No, the floor is yours. You have 30 more seconds. Yeah. I have 30 more seconds. So uh, did you know that uh, that right, Uranus, so Uranus and, and Venus are the only planets that turn uh, the opposite way? Uranus and Venus? That's not true. No, it is true. They both di- turned opposite ways from the other planets. It's true. That's how I don't you think get, it has anything to do with creativity. That's how you but get I hernias. do like to say Uranus. That's how you get hernias in your taint. Oh, yeah. From that's the rotation exactly right. of Uranus. My, my Uranus was rotating the wrong direction. Yeah. Uh, All right. I've, I've said my piece. I mean, if anything... I'm really, I, I get more impressed when I see something that, um, where I know how they did it. It's kind of like watching a really good magician when they're, when you're like, oh, I know the move he did and it was like really beautiful and smooth and I didn't even see it, but I know that it was there. And it, like it, when a, a filmmaker does something like that, you know, or uh, when I know like how, what few resources they had, like, it, it it's really fun to to see how creative people can be and i think that's what i respond to most is like like the a of course first is story and then like secondary or tertiary really like if you can impress me with not impress me but just like just uh captivate me without like like seamlessly that's that's really awesome and um you know there there are a bunch of filmmakers like david sanders sander sand what's it sandberg 
Uh, he's a, this uh, Swedish director, and, and he does all these great videos about, A, a they're really cool, like little horror bits, and then B, he no, goes into- time to take the Instagram. What's yeah. that? Take, time to take two tablets of Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he will go on and explain how he did it, and then he'll say like, oh, this is, you know, I got a lamp at Ikea. He's Swedish. Uh, and- Put it in a garbage can and and put it on a on a like a whatever rolling chair and like that's how I dollied the shot and like oh that's awesome like that that to me is really fun. So that yeah that definitely answered JP's question. Yeah, John's didn't at all. It was like <laughs> John almost answered like can can you be objective about your own creativity which then he just humble bragged like i just finished a screened play and my creative my, my i know team, i know it was great when i wrote feedback. it it's amazing yeah. yeah you're so hollywood john you don't even know it oh uh, god i don't know it do i, do I, do I no one, the problem is no one else knows it <laughs> yeah i know i keep uh keep my light under a bushel as they used to say i think what and uh it, it's sort of why like i like art because I know absolutely nothing about art. I've taken no art history. I don't know any, I cannot draw, paint. I have no artistic, fine art skills whatsoever. And since I went to film school and work in television, like I watch stuff that normally people just put on and are like, oh, this is what I'm doing for an hour. I like watch it and go, okay, that's act one. And I ended there and I got this going and oop, that's a good, that's a good line. And that was a good scene. That was a good shot. And and so I have a hard time turning that off. But the thing that I'm always really impressed with as I've gotten older is less like the technical, like, wow, how do they get that shot? Or like, they got fucking drones now. Like you can get any shot anywhere. You can put a camera. I've seen porn where there's like a camera inside a woman's vagina. And I'm like, wow, that is, that was a tough day for that assistant cameraman. Um, I, I think it's, really like appreciating the 50,000 feet view of tone of like a piece. Like when you watch something and you're like, Oh, this is making me feel X, Y, and Z. That's a combination of craft of story of totally. acting. I'm like, Oh, I really like, why do I like the queen's gambit? A aside from the fact that 60 million people have downloaded it, 30 of them who actually have paying accounts with Netflix and the rest we're all sharing, but that's, that's okay. Well, we'll, They'll figure out the business model next year. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Net, Netflix hasn't figured out how to make money. I'm sorry. They, they, they haven't. They, they do not make money, my friend. They, they do not make she money. Better, she better overpaying up. for everything. Anyway, that's a different, that's a that's a separate podcast. We'll talk about on our two Boston guys who break Wait. down oh, yeah, deep, yeah. deep deal making. I looked at a boilerplate uh Play right. a play. So, Steve, can you think of an example of that something like that recently where that came together? Besides oh, so, so Queen's cool. Gambit, so watching the Queen's Gambit, Bes and I'm like, why do no, I? No, besides like this? that. But why besides that? Just yeah. to give people why? to give people more because we've been talking about it a lot. I'm I'm just trying to find. I'm looking for myself. I'm selfishly looking for it, and you're only on episode three. But why do you like the show? Um, like yeah, it's well acted, well directed. Yes, the writing is good. like it's well like, but like tonally, what is it? What how does it make you feel? It's a pretty fucked up story. It's not like, I mean, it's her, she is on is on a heroic journey, but it is she's not lived a happy life. 
I kind of liken it to she's kind of like Harry Potter. Like it's kind of Harry Potterish in that she's like really good at this one thing. And even though everybody else around her is talking about all these moves, she kind of like is this sort of like savant, idiot savant who's just like, oh, okay, tell me more about this move. And they're they're all like explaining it to her, but she's the one who's winning. And that's kind of how Harry Potter is. Like he, so it's like this weird fantasy of like, oh, he doesn't know everything about magic, but somehow he's the best at it. And it's kind of the same thing here where she's the best at chess, but somehow she doesn't know that much about it. And she's just a natural and she can't help it. So in that way, it's kind of a fun fantasy that we all like want to to engage in. We don't want to actually learn chess, but we want to be great at it or anything, you know. So that that's what appeals to me and and the the funky dressing you know dresses from the 60s those i want to make them for myself oh yeah i want to wear those pointy bras for sure yes i'm a pointy bra kind of guy i think it's a well done piece of art because you have a different perspective of it and that's like yeah uh, and it's really fun that she she owns these guys left and right and that that's another fun fantasy of like you know subverting get old and that could be cheesy and tropey like oh she's a powerful woman like no six she's episodes pretty fucking broke couldn't, oh. couldn't go through seven <laughs> oh, you didn't go to seven uh what no it, i think it's only six episodes right no it's seven seven okay that's well right. they'll figure it out next year yeah no but it, it, i'm more impressed with the like giant conceptualness of a project or a piece of art and how it makes me feel. And I've, you know, I think when you're young and you're like, Oh, cameras are cool or special effects or a fight sequence. Or I I remember sitting in the movie theater watching heat with this fucking tool in front of me and his girlfriend. And he was like, look at that shot. And I was like, shut up. It's like shots are not everything. It's a photo. You know, it's like, yes, there are amazing shots in movies, but what makes you go to them is not, that oh look at the framing like it's just a part of it and it's really like how it makes you feel and i'm very impressed with certain only a certain number of movies that 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 uh that elicit that and it's the hardest fucking part as i tell my friends who are hitting middle age and like i want to be a director like you can learn to make a fucking film in about a week it's not that hard don't don't be fooled yeah. by all those knobs and buttons. It's not that it, the, the people are not getting out of MIT and like I'm going to Hollywood since I could do all these equations. It's fucking easy. It's plumbing. It's like putting up drywall, but it's like trans transporting that idea to all those people and then it having come out the other end and finding an audience is fucking hard. I think it's like it's storytelling, right? And so. For example, when I tell a story, it doesn't go anywhere and it takes too long, right? So I'm that's that's my that's my over. That's, no, that's start from the beginning. Stat. Start from the beginning. Fill in the gaps. Uh, I'm, I'm not following. So uh, I, I, I I could I answer the question now that I know what the question is and I'm paying more attention. Mm-hmm. So so for instance, one of the one of the ways that being um, a creative person knowing a little bit about writing and also teaching the class and and knowing how the sausage gets made when i when i watch something like the undoing right 
and I watched the whole entire first episode, which is an hour fucking long. And I start to go, why do I know? I have, I don't care. Or, or uh, his dark materials, three episodes in, I don't care. And I'm thinking, I start to notice why, you know, I start to notice that they are very clumsy in the way they're telling the story. They're just basically very slowly going through the details of this world. And they're, you know, and you, and you, when you realize that you kind of, Oh, okay. I can I can see how they didn't make this well, as opposed to something like Maniac, you know, or uh, which comes to mind is a completely wild, different world, but it's entertaining. Like in every little, every little scene is entertaining, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like a big note you get. Like we don't care about the characters, and there's no like, oh, we'll go get the character uh, caring filter and put it on the camera. Like it is the hardest thing to do. And to the nerd listeners, I remember the moment in Star Wars where I'm like, I care about Luke Skywalker. And if you if you break Star Wars down, it's not the best acted movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it's not the best written movie. It's I mean, conceptually, it's genius, but it's stolen from other things. It's some there's some clunkers in there, and there's a gay robot thing going on for about 20 minutes in the beginning. But they're not the main characters. But it's when Luke is bummed out and he goes and looks at the two sons and the music swells and it's like, it's not a piece of music. It's not a special effect. And he's just like, what am I going to, how am I going to get off this rock? And I'm like, I care about this guy. I feel it. I understand it. It like they made in this bizarre world of robots and homosexual droids and God knows what else, what is fucking Darth Vader? There's like a kid who's, can't wait to get out off the fucking farm and yeah. i'm like boom i'm, I'm in and stop you're the on world the building ride. and tell the fucking story you know or whatever but, just, they, but they do a re- really good job of building the world i know but like, but, they, but it's it, uh, there's no formula for that like it, it's a weird you know ephemeral balance or, or whatever it's a very hard to to it's a very hard balance to strike and it, it changes from movie to movie you know so a place the like original script is him on the planet and he's looking up at the space battle going on with Leia and Luke and Darth Vader. He's watching that happen and it just didn't work. It's like, no, like, and they cut it out. So it's like, sure you write it and then you shoot it and then another go, but George, something like something like the matrix requires a huge amount of exposition. And yet it is, it is incredibly engrossing, you know? So, <laughs> I'm not the biggest Matrix fan. All right. Well, there you go. But, but you know, it but it, it, so you and of course Star Wars is a success, so they take up that and that's repeated for 10 years and you get sick of like I don't why does this movie always have some farm boy who has got to, you know, become the one that saves the universe. We go on these like cycles of storytelling. But I don't know, it's just it, it's alchemy and metaphysics and all kinds of crazy things that first ADs don't know how to do and editors don't know how to do. And you know, that that's what will make you a good director is if yeah you can figure out how to do that. Yeah. Apparently like, and we don't have to get, people can listen to the stories uh, in earlier episodes about you and Penny Marshall, but like she, uh, how I killed. Yeah. How you killed her and how you worked with her, but she directed big and she knew nothing technical. But it's one of my favorite movies, and there's just like something incredibly magical about it. It's great acting, good, you know, uh, what's his name, Gary, the writer. Uh, anyway, um, great, okay. great writing, great writing, great acting, and just like it's a 
it's a flawless movie in my mind. It's a little weird now. Um, it, yeah, with the all the weird sex stuff in there, but it's a great movie. It's it, I love that movie. Um, but yeah, to answer his question, it, it it's like, wait, what was his question? No, no, but <laughs> my I guess my point was like it it. it like Penny Marshall deserves some sort of credit for that because she was the director of that and she directed some great movies and like for all her lack of like, she's famous of like, I don't know what these lenses are, you know, just put a different one on. I don't know. And, but she managed to get great performances and tell great stories uh, with, with the knowledge she she had. Yeah, but She came in from performing. No, and like she, she worked for years in in television, so I think she was sort of down. But like David Fincher bit. didn't come from performing; he came from music videos, right, and right. he understands the lens right, right. incredibly well. Yeah, and no, they they have different vocabularies, but they're both great storytellers. But um, yeah, like I, on the flip side, to answer his question, when I see something that sucks, I'm like, I, I can just destroy it. I'm like, I don't care about this character. It's clunky exposition. Like I just see all the problems when it's just a badly made, you know, all the endless movie podcasts where they rip apart bad movies. Like uh, that's yeah. that's where my I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that though. I'm just like, whatever. Just it. just make something good, and if it's not good, just don't make me watch it. You know, that's what I do. I drive my wife crazy because I'm like, you know, what would fix this movie if she did this and he blah, 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 blah. I, oh, I, well, shut up, Steve. We're watching yeah. it. It's, I'm right next to you. Gone girl. I was like, this isn't oh. very good. And I, I'm like, Oh, here's the easy fix. All right. Just no, no one's asking. Here. No one's asking. No one's asking. Uh, I, what is, what is the easy fix for gone girl? <laughs> Fuck all of you. No, 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 no. I never, I'd ever say this. I miss Cassandra. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, doesn't have any ammunition. Okay. No, no, no. no seriously. I'm gonna, okay, this is what now I'm Cassandra curious. I, I would want, say okay. if she was here right now. She'd say, "Could you guys? Could we talk about something interesting?" Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. What would be interesting to me, Steve, is what your fix is for the failure that is Gone Girl. I don't remember, but oh, I had it when my, I was watching it. Uh, I think I think that one of the main problems with Gone Girl is that Ben Affleck's head is just inhumanly large, huge, yeah, giant. He's like and a pest without dispenser. any costumes around him. It's just like I'm, I just re- have this image of him. Uh, he comes out and he, he's looking around. I think she's vanished. Right? He comes out into the the, the driveway and his head. It's just something about it where you go, "Oh my god, his head is like he's like a fun doll." <laughs> It's a normal person. You you guys are mean. I feel like the movie movie began at the wrong place, like, or ended in the wrong place. Like, I'd be more interested in seeing their life after she came back, after they both went through all that, and like, how do they move on? Or I don't know. It's just the movie has a weird ending, and I'm like, this doesn't add up. It should have either ended when she came home or whatever. I'm looking know. forward to Mallrats 2 with Ben Affleck. So please, please fill my screen, fill my eyes with New Jersey Mall. Um, so on the last thing, oh wait, Steve, have you, have you ever been addicted to a game? Yeah, like all sandbox games. What's a sandbox just, game? That's where you like build cities or worlds and there's really no... You're not, there's no opponent. It's just you trying to make your world successful. Like and the Sims? I, I played SimCity the day I graduated 
college all day and all night. And I remember my girlfriend like, did you go out and look for a job? And I was like, I did. <laughs> I, I literally did not move. I'm, for a I'm the ever. mayor. I'm the mayor of a city. I built a city, bitch. What did you do? Yeah. Uh, I defeated I just hurricanes and, and Godzillas. What did you do? Uh, was it Pocket City? Yeah, it's on my phone. Oh, yeah. Oof, I mean, I like beat the expert level. I, I'm really good at them because it's just figuring out the parameters of they, you know, they want you to have this I, much. I, I figured out. I, I outgame the the algorithm, and um, that that's how I. It's mm. not even an algorithm. It's just like don't have taxes too high. Don't overbuild this. Keep pollution down. You know, it it's not it's not impossible to beat. Kruger it's just a time fuck. 2024 Kruger. Do it. Do it. You know what you want it. Uh, yeah, those those are bad. I don't. Yeah. But that's it. Other than that, I can shut a game off. I'm like, eh, I this cannot. Is dumb. I cannot. Every game is like crack to me. So, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. So I, I try to pick the shortest games possible, ones with finite endings, and yeah, that's how I have to do things these days. Uh, so. Um, Wonder Woman is coming out on Christmas Day. Are you going to be in the theaters to see it? Are they open? On Christmas Day? No. 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 Well, luckily, it's also streaming on HBO Max. Oh. So this is kind of like a huge deal. This is like the first big, um, you know, white people tentpole movie. uh, Sorry, Mulan. uh, That is uh, showing up on a streaming service first. uh, Or at the same time as it's being released uh, uh, in theaters. And it's, I think it's going to be a different, like uh, this is kind of like the new way we have to think about things. Like, cause we're no, no longer going, going to think about the amount of box office. We're going to be thinking about like stickiness to Disney plus or to uh, HBO max, you know, as a, as a parameter of measuring a movie success. You guys ever play Hollywood uh, stock exchange? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I got two billion dollars in my portfolio. Oh, so I've been playing. Yeah, for I, wanted, years. I wanted to do that for something else. I had a brilliant idea, and then I I totally forgot what was it. Did I say it on this podcast? No, I didn't hear it. It was like, to, but apply that model, but to something else. Maybe it was like restaurants or food. Anyway, I think I think people are going to go back to the theaters, but I think that. Um, they're going to be a lot fewer people. I'm going to go back to the theaters. I love going to theaters. I know a lot of people who don't. And they, the only reason they would go to the theaters because that's the only place you could see a particular movie. And that's just going to go away because tons of theaters are going to close and then there's no reason for them to open again. Hmm. But at the same time, I think a lot of, I mean, when I talked about going out and doing theater again, I, at least among my friends, there's a hunger for like, as soon as it's remotely safe, people are going to, get together yeah you know and i think it's interestingly i think that a lot of the science that went into all these vaccines is actually going to make um a future pandemic much less damaging and we are going to have future pandemics because Mm. if if china didn't do this on purpose which all indications are scientifically that they didn't it certainly gave a lot of good ideas to a lot of bad people it's not that hard to fuck people up with uh, with disease. Mm. So I think we're gonna we're gonna be looking down the barrel of some other problems, but I think we're really prepared now. But anyway, the point is, is I think people are gonna go out. 
and they're going to go uh, out dancing. They're going to go out to see theater. They're going to people people are going to go see movies. But the movie delivery system is really, you know, uh, now really honed at home. And I think a whole generation of of people, the the you know the target demographic traditionally of Hollywood or in the blockbuster age, basically since Star Wars the last fifty years, has been uh, teenagers and twenty somethings, mostly boys, right? But those guys are now you know especially after this year, they're like gaming. They're into gaming. They're into uh, you know social media and uh, YouTube, and they they're watching stuff at home. You, and you so know, I, I think. Oh. Like that generation is no longer um, as uh, susceptible to just going out and seeing the latest thing at the movie theater. I think that's that was effectively uh, killed. Um, yeah, you know that like the the video game business is like a hundred and sixty five billion dollar industry, in yeah, you know, and the, the film industry is like thirty five billion. Yeah, so it's like yeah, nobody cares about movies oh, anymore. What's that's, that? That's what would huh? you say, Steve? Porn like eclipses them all. Um, Does it really? I don't know if that, well, I don't know if that's true, but it's hard to. Like, I, I think in in terms of eyeballs, sure. I don't know if there's the same amount of money. Like people aren't spending, you know, the same amount of money. No, it's like going to only fans and going directly to performers. Like it's it's all decentralized. Mm. There's not like yeah. But like, yeah, movies are, I mean, I love movies, of course. Like movies are huge to me, but they're just Done. not, they're not, the, they don't have the same impact as like, you know, nobody watches the Oscars. Nobody, you know, like people care about video games and much more. And, and like you said, Steve, porn. Yeah. I, I think the, like studios and financiers need to look at like, I mean, just look at Quibi. Like they spent a ton of money. And nobody showed up. And yet YouTube every day produces 10 trillion hours of content. Like they need to, and I've been, I, I swear I was having a conversation earlier today with someone like, I feel like I've been saying this for 15 years, like low budget, cheap, 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 produce, 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 produce. Just, right. Right. Just like, that's how I got so rich. Like, Wait, some, no, we're not, no one's going to get rich anymore. Oh. But the, like, because of the, the infrastructure is still there. Like people are like, I want to make a lot of money off, you know, the Dave Chappelle's like there, no one who has a comedy special now is ever going to have that kind of leverage like he had. Like it's just, there's never going to be another Chappelle show. Hey, it's a great time to be a consumer. Yeah. But just like, uh, I, I just look at Quibi and I'm like, well, take a billion dollars like they did and just encourage people to make stuff and fill your platform with stuff. Like the, the reason I, I gravitate towards YouTube more often than television is because it's endless. It's like going to the library. I'm yeah. watching videos on how to make charshoe pork, and then I'm listening to a Grateful Dead live. You know, say sorry, what, what, how to charshoe, make charshoe, and then you charshoe. added pork at the end. So, like, it's a little redundant, pork, pork. but um, uh, well, I, I you know, uh, for, our, for our non-Chinese listeners, were you watching the Food Busker? Uh, no, it just popped into my feed. I oh, was like, oh, okay. I'm gonna learn how to make this. All right. Um, yeah, like, I feel like Marvel figured it out. Like, yeah, it's a television is a, is a movie. It's just our movies are television and stretch it out. Don't, it's not about a star. It's about an experience over time, which is television. And, you know, 
just start making franchises. This like, it's a big hit and they need to make a second one. Like just start making them, just make 10, take the, the money you budget for one movie and make 10 of them and keep releasing it and you'll find an audience. So they did that for uh, Lord Please. of the Rings and they're doing it for Avatar. Mm-hmm. And they did it obviously for The Hobbit, which I guess, but the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit both made money. Have mm-hmm. there been movies where they made and uh, uh, Back to the Future? They made Back to the Future two and three at once. Have there been right. a, a movie where they made two or three sequels at the same time and it didn't work? I mean, I think Avatar is going to be that, but I think yeah. um, Atlas shrugged. Atlas shrugged. That's trouble. Yeah, they did that in like two or three parts, and yeah, it's just a nightmare. It's when you're driven by ideology instead of money. That's the problem. But here's the other thing, too. Like, uh, when they rebooted or decided to do like another Indiana Jones, whatever, the Crystal Skull, they go get a 75-year-old man who doesn't know where he is and put a hat on him, and they do a bunch of, oh, I'm getting too old for this. Like, it's not the star anymore. It's the character. Like, just do... Uh, 10 more of them yeah, but with just like, like like they did with solo uh and they had, uh, Star they had Wars story. It in the 50s because he's you know he aged out of like no right, just that, that was a joke it's it, it, it's more complicated than that steve of course it's more complicated than that you just have to it, there are so many things you can't it's very difficult to make lightning strike multiple times especially when you're you know 30 years past the the star's prime yeah. true yeah i, so. I just I think Blumhouse has figured it out. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah, I can't wait to see a Freaky. That that looks like a lot of fun. The next group of ding dongs that are like a Seth Rogen and all his, you know, whatever. Like they should go. You know, if if Sandler was actually funny, he got a bunch of money to make a bunch of movies. Different, you know, they're all Sandler movies, but they're different stories, different characters, different tones. I think that's like the way to do it. Unfortunately, I don't find him very funny. Yeah, yeah, but, but like. You know. Imagine giving the uh, workaholic guys like, all right, just go make a bunch of movies. Uh, you don't like anyhow. Um, Here's the here, Broad City Girls. Go make a bunch of movies. We are about to hit Thanksgiving. Steve, are you going to go visit your in-laws? No, no. I'm getting I'm getting picking duck and making soup dumplings. All right, that's a that's a great way to go. John, you're you're um, nesting at home. Yeah, I'm going to make. Uh, Traditional uh, French Canadian touche pie. Okay, and meat pie. And when is Yogi coming back home? Yogi's coming back. Um, he's flying uh, on uh, the day before Thanksgiving, and then he's going to lock him in his room for two weeks. Wow! Just like when you said that he's flying, it just gave me like it's just a, such an icky, uneasy feeling. That's yeah, terrifying. it's not as dangerous as it would seem because of the way that um, the air actually circulates. But we got him a first-class ticket wow. so that there would be a little bit of distance. And he's wearing and apparently, a hazmat suit. What? He's wearing a hazmat suit? Yeah, you know, he should be wearing his mask. I don't know. I mean, he's in he's been in Missouri with a bunch of teenagers, and they, just they seem to be behaving. nonstop, just like, just like yeah. rampantly. Yeah, it's a nonstop sex, sex train. Yeah. Um, yeah. But other than that, they're also going out to coffee shops and doing – I mean, I don't understand it. There's so many more people with the virus now than in um, March and April when everybody was completely locked down yeah. and hidden away. And everybody's just like, you know, I 
I had to go to the doctor for this hernia thing, right? So in the doctor's office is in the mall. The last time I went to that doctor was like three months ago and the mall was completely shut down. Now we are at like full COVID, like almost there's people, this you know, th there are no ICU beds in in uh, in Arizona, for example. None. They're all used up. We're about to hit every single hospital is packed. We're about to get into like weird triage stuff where it's like, we don't think you're going to die or we don't think it's worth saving your life. Like that's decisions like that are going to be made like starting this week. And yet the, the mall was like, uh, everything was open. It's just like much more likely that everybody around you has COVID than back in, uh, back in April. It's just weird. Um, tell me more about this French Canadian meat pie. Okay, uh, look it up on the internet. I on uh, no, go ahead. What? I, I am. It looks delicious. What's it called oh, again? It's so good. It's What's it so called good. again? It's Tuche. Is what my grandmother that, used to call it. That's not how I would have pronounced that word. Well, I, I you're not you're it. not Canadian French. You might yeah, pronounce not. it correctly, but the way the Canadian French pronounce everything French is different. I've it's never Acadian. heard of this. It looks delicious. Oh, it's really good. It's really really good. And do you yeah, make the, or, do you make the crust from scratch? Uh, no, I, I, I might, I might try that again. Everything I've time I've tried that, I go, why did I do this? This is, I don't really have enough space to make a pie crust from scratch um, and it's really a pain in the neck and they have nice ones at Trader Joe's. So, you know, I cheat. Do you do like a pork and beef blend? Yeah. Oh, so this is yeah, kind of actually, like a so sh I, shepherd's pie, except for with, instead of potato on the top, uh, you put a, a second pie crust and instead of lamb, you put beef and pork i also put lamb oh wow Ooh, that's awesome oh that looks good john all right I, so I uh we'll be by yeah. um, all what right. time what time yeah. is it served mm, i don't know mm -hmm. whenever it's done it takes a lot longer than it seems because you have to you cook all the food and then you put it in the pie and then you cook the pie yeah oh i've never heard of it, it looks really yummy yeah oh it's so good it all is right. so good it's just a big slab of Meat and potatoes. Yeah, that is New England cooking at its best. It's meat and potatoes. It's Canadian. In a disc. It's, it says it's cooked all over New England. Yeah, it's New England. All right. All right. Yeah. Not, have you eaten at any home. local New England restaurants here in Southern California? Oh, no, my God. Not, yeah. a real, yeah, that, not a real fun that, that uh, cuisine. New England pop-up that served uh, <laughs> the, the clam fritters and torchier pie. My, uh, my uh, grandmother used to make... Uh, Bread. She used to make homemade bread and she'd make tuche pie. And then the other thing she'd, everything else was a boiled dinner. Hmm. Oh. If you, have, you, have you ever had a boiled dinner? Uh, no. I, so I what you do is you take some corned beef and you boil it and you take some um, potatoes and you boil it and you take some cabbage and some carrots and you boil it and you boil it all until it's all about the same consistency. And then you eat it and you go, <laughs> yum. And then you say, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, grandma. <sighs> Uh, Dad, can if, I borrow one of your parliaments? If <laughs> borrow, Paul Mall. As long Paul as you give Malls. it back. Um, all right. Thank you, guys. Uh, do you guys have anything last minute that you're thankful for as we close out? Mm. No. Okay. There we go. I I I'm thankful for you, Marty. I'm I'm thank you th thankful for you, Steve. You've, thank you've, you, John. You've really. Uh, taught me a lot of the things that are wrong with me and i've decided good. not to not to do anything about them but I, i'm glad to know about them good 
I consider Knowing I look at my keys battle. every day. I look at my keys and say there are a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I am old. John, I never said there's anything wrong with how many keys you have. You just have a lot of keys. Uh, well, I'm thankful for. I think not, the sooner you come to terms think, with that, the better you feel. I, I, I I'm thankful that for John. That you never said there's anything wrong with it. I think. I think I'm going to go back and look at the transcripts. Yeah, re- please listen please to do. the tapes. <laughs> review the tapes. I'm thankful for, for John's keys because it takes a little bit of the heat off of me. Um, very little bit. And um, fuck you, Steve. Uh, sure. Yep. Anytime. Uh, so everybody have a, a safe, safe Thanksgiving. Stay um, isolated. Stay separate. Stay distanced. Uh, just this one time. And then no, no, no. Go out. Meet your friends. Probably hug for everybody. Christmas, too. Don't go to those sex like a, parties like you meant to go to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> keep your tongue off of smooth surfaces and we will see you next tuesday bye what why is it damn it